wanted to uh, take a little trip down memory lane to get things started today. If you guys remember uh, being in English class, maybe in high school or college, I don't think they call it English anymore. They call it ELA. Is that right? ELA, does that sound familiar? Okay. So uh, you guys may, there's a piece of literature that you may have read, and I've got a line from it. So I want to see if you guys can tell me where this comes from, okay? To be or not to be, that is the question. Anybody? Hamlet. Hamlet, yes. Okay, our high school students. Did you guys read that this year? I am in college. College. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm embarrassing people. I'm good at that. All right, so, uh, yeah, so Hamlet uh, poses this question, to be or not to be. And what he's saying is, hey, is it worth the struggle? Should I endure this life to be, all right, should I be or should I not be, all right, maybe expedite the process getting to the next life? But, you know, there's some confusion about what might happen in the afterlife. He doesn't know that. So he's kind of pondering this question, to be or not to be. Well, I want to put a little twist on that today, okay, and I want us to add something to it. To be or not to be a disciple, that is the question that I want to focus on today. All right, so do you want to be a disciple? And really, what is a disciple? Because we've heard that term disciple before, and we seem to kind of shy away from it. Um, even the early church decided, you know, hey, we don't really want to be known as disciples. Uh, we, we'd rather be called Christians, okay? Or that, I think it was actually a derogatory term to start with. But then, hey, it took root, and here we are today, right? We're all Christians. But what is a disciple? I want to be clear about what that means, and um, where you are personally as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 14 today. If you want to join me there, get your Bibles or your smartphones out, however you want to follow along there, Acts 14. And I'm going to start in verse 21. And that's where it says, after they had evangelized that town, this is Paul and his, his cohorts, they had evangelized that town and made many disciples they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch, strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them it's necessary to pass through many troubles on our way into the kingdom of God. When they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. All right, so... We're talking about disciples, and it's interesting to me that, you know, as small groups pastor, I'm, I'm basically uh, in charge of discipleship for the, uh, for the adults, for the overall discipleship in the church. And when you go to our website, you even see, uh, if you're trying to find information on small groups, you might see the word at the top, the tab, discipleship. All right? And you would click on that to find information on small groups or our V groups, because that's where discipleship primarily happens in our church, okay? But the interesting thing is the word discipleship never appears in Scripture, all right? The word disciple appears plenty of times, but what is discipleship, all right? And I want us to ask some questions before we decide to be a disciple, or if you are a disciple, there may be some questions you want to ask yourself about this process, so the first question I want us to ask is, and we're saying to be or not to be a disciple is, what is a disciple? What is a disciple? Let's look back at verse 21. It says, after they had evangelized that town and made many disciples. 
All right, so there are two, two meanings, two nuances of the word disciple that I want us to look at for just a second. And the first of which is right here in verse 21. And the word in Greek uh, for disciple is actually a verb. So what does that mean, you English people out there? English teachers? Yeah, action, action, right? All right, so disciple is talking about making disciples. It is an action word, all right? So Paul is out here making disciples. So what does that mean? It means that he's out there preaching the gospel. He's telling people about Jesus, and he wants people to believe and trust in Jesus so that they would repent of their sins and become a follower of Christ. So he is making disciples. So that's one, uh, one meaning of the word. The other meaning would be found, for instance, in Matthew 28. Uh, this is the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 19 through 20. And this is where Jesus uh, instructs his disciples to go and make disciples. Then he adds this, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. So he's, he's taken it to another level now saying, look, being a disciple also means following my teaching. It means you are now my pupil, all right? Jesus is saying, I'm going to lead, you're going to follow, I'm going to show you the way, I'm going to show you the path and how to live this new life, okay? So it implies not just the conversion of a new believer, but also the whole process of being discipled. And that's where we, uh, that's where we now call discipleship. And I want us to think for a second about what are the identifying marks of a disciple? How do you say that, well, this person is a disciple of Jesus, and this person doesn't really seem to be one. Well, I want to piggyback a little bit off of last week's message. Um, Pastor Eric was in Luke chapter 3, and um, in verse 8, John the Baptist tells the crowd of people, there are crowds of people coming to be baptized, to repent, and John says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance, all right? So uh, we've talked about repentance being a change of mind, that you're deciding, there's a point in mind where you're saying, I'm going to not follow my own ways, the, the desires of the flesh, and I'm going to follow the ways of Jesus now. I'm going to live out this life in Christ, okay? And uh, the people ask John in verse 10, so we're in Luke 3.10, what should we do then? So if, if we've become a believer, if we've repented, become a disciple, what do we do then? All right, what does that look like? Because uh, just like Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, right, he said, you must be born again. You must be born again. So as a believer in Jesus Christ, we're born again into this new life. And just like an infant, I mean, you think about an infant, a newborn baby, they don't come out of the womb knowing how to talk. They don't come out of the womb knowing how to walk or to read or to write. Um, you know, using the potty is my favorite one and how to teach a kid to do that, right? They don't know any of that stuff. They just have to be taught what it means to think uh, like a human being, to act like a human being that's going to be a productive member of society one day, right? In the same way, these people are asking John, well, hey, what does that look like for us as new believers, as new followers of Jesus Christ. And he gives us some verses uh, in Luke 3, 11 through 14 that I wanted to read. So they say, what should we do? And he replies to them, the one who has two shirts must share with someone who has none. And the one who has food must do the same. So there you go, share with one another, all right? 
tax collectors also came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He told them, Don't collect any more than what you've been authorized. So don't cheat anybody. Don't steal. Some soldiers questioned him. What should we do? He said to them, Don't take money from anyone by force or false accusation. Be satisfied with your wages. Don't be jealous. Don't be greedy. Okay? So John was laying out some real-life examples for these people and what it looks like to be a disciple. And maybe you've already made the decision to follow Christ. Well, you know what? That makes you a disciple. But John's asking, are you producing fruit that's consistent with that repentance, with your decision? Or maybe you're an apple tree producing oranges. People may be a little confused about where you stand on that, right? If you're not just, if you're not walking the walk, if you're just talking the talk. So if you're a disciple of Christ, we need to be making strides to live a life worthy of that calling, just as John laid out for his followers here. So before you decide to become a disciple, you've got to ask yourself, what is a disciple? Well, a disciple is someone who's trusted in Jesus Christ, repented of their sins, and, and believe that he's the son of God and that uh, you are now following him, that you are his pupil, all right? The next question you might want to ask before deciding uh, to be a disciple is, what's the benefit? What does it benefit me to be a disciple? Let's look back at uh, Acts 14, 22. It says that Paul was strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith. And by telling them it's necessary to pass through many troubles on our way into the kingdom of God. So what does it benefit us to become a disciple? Well, you look here in what Paul had to say, and it doesn't really seem like it's that great a deal, right? I mean, he's saying right here, you're going to pass through many troubles as a disciple, all right? And... Uh, Paul was speaking specifically to the early church. He was telling them, look, as new believers, you're going to face persecution. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be issues that you face that are going to test your, your beliefs and your faith, and it wasn't going to be easy. For some of them, it was going to cost them. It might cost them their home. It might cost them their family. It might cost them their livelihood, their job. And then ultimately, it may cost them their life. And Paul was laying this out for them, saying, look, there's going to be hardship. There's going to be trials, right? And I mean, look, if we, if we back up just a couple verses from our main passage today to verse 19, it says that some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and when they had won over the crowds and stoned Paul, they dragged him out of the city thinking he was dead. Uh, why am I going to sign up for that? I mean, I, I don't want to get stoned. Uh, so here's Paul is a living example of this right now. So the important thing I want you to see, though, is where are you headed as a disciple? What does it say at the end of verse 22? It says, we'll pass through many troubles on our way into the kingdom of God. On our way into the kingdom of God. So Paul was saying, look, despite any persecution or rejection you would face... He knew God's promises were good. He knew that he had something to look forward to in the kingdom of God and eternity in heaven with him. So 
If we look at uh, John 14, 1 through 4, it says, Your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there's many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and receive you to myself so that where, uh, where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I'm going. Paul later tells us in Romans 8, he says, The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we're God's children. And if children also heirs, heirs with God and co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. You see, the life of a disciple is difficult because we go against the grain. We go against what the world would do, right? And uh, do we have any woodworkers in here? Anybody like to work with wood, build stuff, furniture? couple people? Okay. All right. Cool. So I'm not necessarily a woodworker. I, I've dabbled in it a little bit, um, but I wouldn't call myself a woodworker or a carpenter by any means. But I've always heard that phrase, going against the grain, going against the grain. But, but why is that a thing? Like, why is it not good to cut against the grain in wood? And so I did what any self-respecting pastor would do. I got on Google and I looked up woodworking and going against the grain, right? I mean, that's what we would all do. So I found a neat article that talked about this, and it's interesting what I found. It talked about the grain of the wood and said, the grain's orientation not only makes the lumber look different, but also makes it behave differently. And it went on to describe the planing process. So if you're kind of shaving this wood down little bit by little bit, right? And if you've got the grain of the wood going this way, and you're trying to shave it down going this way against the grain, it's actually, it may take little chunks of wood out of that piece, all right, while you're doing that. So it have these imperfections that you would then need to sand down. And it's interesting to me that the life of a Christian is the same way. And Jesus was a carpenter. I mean, that, that kind of blows my mind because he works in our life as a disciple, shaping and molding us, all right, so that we might get chipped away at through life, we might have some bumps along the way. We might have some scars, but Jesus is there, and he's molding us and shaping us, just like that carpenter is making a piece of furniture, and it turns into something beautiful. Jesus wants to do the same thing in our life. So although we may see trouble, the life of a disciple always has the hope of Jesus. So that's one benefit. One benefit is the kingdom of God. We have that to look forward to. The other benefit is that we have a body of believers here and now with us, encouraging us just like Paul was in the early church. So the people you see in this room right now, the other disciples you see sitting around you, we should be here to encourage one another, to strengthen one another, just like it says in verse 22. Do you have someone encouraging you in your faith today? Ask yourself that. Is there someone that you're meeting with, someone that you can go to to say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this in my faith or this happened in my life and, and I'm hurting. How can, we, how can we help one another through those things? Have your relationships at Village Church, have they been fruitful? Have you connected with people? All right? So Maybe you feel stuck and you don't really know what the next step is in this, in this discipleship process. I want to encourage you, get involved in a V group. You knew it was coming. Get involved in a V group, okay? Because that is where you're going to connect with other disciples. 
You're going to live life with them and understand, hey, this is what it looks like to live out my faith. You're going to fellowship with them. You're going to grow in your relationship with the Lord when you get connected with other disciples, all right? It's inevitable. So the benefits of being a disciple not only include a promise of God's kingdom later, but a promise of relationship to build you up and encourage you now until that day comes for you. So before you decide uh, to be or not to be a disciple, you've got to ask yourself, what is a disciple? What is the benefit? And then finally, I want you to think about who should be one. Who should be a disciple? Acts 14, 23. Let's look at that. It says, when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So Paul's mission was to spread the gospel of Jesus. And he did that all over the Mediterranean area and planted many, many churches through the testimony of Jesus. And you know what? That offer for salvation still stands today. And I want you to know who it stands for. Second Peter 3.9 tells us, The Lord does not delay his promises, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but for all, all to come to repentance. And I like Revelation 5, 9, where it gives us a picture of what it's going to be like in heaven. It says, you, Jesus, are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slaughtered and you were redeemed for people, uh, for, uh, sorry, redeemed people for God by your blood from every tribe and language and people and nation. That's who Jesus came for. Every tribe, every language every people, every nation. So his invitation is open to all. And Paul was planning churches uh, to let people know that, to make disciples. And notice how he did that. It says that he appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, and then he committed them to the Lord. So he didn't He didn't stay there and he didn't hold their hand through every step of this process, all right? He trained them up and he encouraged and he strengthened them and then he let them go. And that's what we need to be doing. You know, as pastors of Villa Church, it's our job to train and equip you to strengthen and encourage you to go out and make disciples yourself, all right? We can't hold every one of your hands, all right? But we have people like V Group leaders that can help you walk through this process, right? We have other disciples who are ready to make disciples. So as a follower of Christ, the one we have believed, the one I have believed, it's in our duty and responsibility to be involved in discipleship. And we've got to be producing fruit that includes making disciples. And I know not everyone is gifted in, in evangelism to go out and be the one that's, you know, that verb, making disciples, Um, Not everyone is gifted uh, to lead a group. Not everyone's gifted to facilitate a group, all right? But each of you who are disciples have been given a gift, all right? The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit gives all of us a gift, and there's something that you can do to be involved in the discipleship process in your own life, in the life of this church, There's something that God can use you to do to help facilitate that discipleship in the lives of others, all right? Now, some of you do have that gift. 
Some of you are evangelists. Some of you are teachers. Some of you have a gift of leadership, all right? And I'm here to give you that, that poke today to let you know, hey, it's time to step up. In 2019, I want to see leaders step up and start groups, uh, be involved in discipleship in Village Church. So if you've been sitting on the fence, it's time to get in the game. And we want you guys to become a part of this awesome, this amazing and mysterious thing and help Village Church be a better partner in God's kingdom when it comes to making disciples. So uh, first we do that by evangelizing and seeking those whose hearts need to be changed. And second, we show people the way. We live life with them. So God desires all people, all people to come to repentance and faith. And he desires all people to be disciples of Jesus. The question is, do you understand what a disciple is? Do you understand the benefit and the cost? And do you understand that, hey, God wants everyone to be a disciple? Now, maybe that's something you've never done before. Maybe you're, you're on the fence about, hey, well, do I want to commit to, to being a disciple of Jesus Christ? And God's speaking to you about that now. I encourage you, seek out God. Talk to him about it. He wants you to come to repentance and faith. He wants a relationship with you. And if that's you, maybe, maybe you want to fill out that contact form today and check that box that says, I've committed my life to Christ. Or maybe you just fill in the bottom and say, I have questions about it. We want to talk to you as a staff about that and about that next step. Now, for others of you who have been disciples, you're well into this thing, Maybe you've been on the sidelines. I want 2019 to be the year you guys step up. And either A, you take that first step of getting involved in a small group, you f- or you find a mentor, you find a one-on-one or one-on-two person, all right, to have a little nucleus of people that you're going to for discipleship, or maybe you're ready to step up and become a leader. We want you guys to get involved in discipleship here at Village Church. So, um, there's so many ways that you guys can do that. Uh, if, you're, if you're a teenager, we're looking for people to, to help with child care, with small groups, all right? If you're good with kids, we want you guys, I want to talk to you. You know, fill out that contact form, let me know. Put babysitting on there. I'd love to talk to you. You can turn that in at the, uh, at the uh, welcome desk on your way out today. But we need people uh, to help with that so that we can have young uh, couples with kids come be a part of discipleship in a V group. So that's a big part of what we do. But as I close today, I want us to do something a little unorthodox. I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come up, and they're going to play for us. But um, as we close, I want you to get your phones out. Everybody get your phone out. I'm asking you. I know this seems strange, but yes, I'm asking you to get your phone out. And it's even okay if I hear a beep or a ding. It's okay. You shouldn't be embarrassed about that. Okay, because what we're going to do is I've got a short survey that I would love for you guys to fill out. Um, and what is, it's a discipleship survey just to let us know, hey, how are we doing as a church making disciples? And then also, I want it to be a benchmark for you guys to set for 2019, to say, well, this is where I was the end of 2018, and then when we come back next year, we take the survey again, we can say, wow, I've made improvements in my walk with Christ, all right? And I'm hoping that's the way we're all going to be moving, right? We're all going to be moving forward in that. All right, so what I want you to do is there's a number they're going to put up, put up on the screen. Open your messaging app. 
and you're going to create a new message to this number on the screen, 803-310-7003. I was told you may need to put the 1 in front of 803, so 1-803-310-7003. I didn't have to. Um, it was just Carrie, so she's got like some old antiquated phone, I think, you know. Uh, she got Cricket, Cricket Wireless, I think is what she, she has. But anyway, so uh, text the word GROW, GROW to that number, and then you'll get an auto response back. And in that auto response, you'll see a link, all right? So click on that link, and then it'll take you to our survey. So it's just a brief survey. We want to we wanna know, hey, how are we doing? And for you personally, hey, how are you doing as a disciple, as a follower of Christ?